Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so glad that you are here today and God's going to bless you really, really good. Praise the Lord. Now today, let's go first to the book of Zechariah chapter one, drop down to verse 17, and we're going to receive the tithes and the offerings. And I want you to notice verse 17. Again, proclaim saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, my cities shall again spread out through prosperity. The Lord will again comfort Zion and will again choose Jerusalem. My friends here, the Lord says that the cities shall again spread out through prosperity. Prosperity is for the spreading of the gospel to all of the nations of the world. Praise God. Now, I want you to get it into your spirit that there is a dimension of wealth that the world has not yet seen, but it's now beginning to visit God's people. Woo! Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God is raising up in the body of Christ heavyweight financial giants. Somebody right now, you need to put up your right hand and say, Lord, let that be me. Amen. <laughs> and just claim it and say, that is me. Praise God. The inexhaustible resources from the heart of Jesus will be made known to every believer who decides to trust and obey God. Praise the Lord. You know, I was reading the life story of Sister Josephine, the woman that God used to buy the mountain in Israel, uh, in the land, or the mountain is called the city Kirath Jerem. And that's where the Ark of the Covenant was kept at for 20 years before David came and picked it up and eventually uh, brought it uh, to the place where they would establish worship. Praise God. But Sister Josephine uh, and all of the nuns at the convent uh, there in Kirath Jerem, they had to leave Israel and go back to France during World War I. And so, um, uh, and that was the same for all monasteries and convents throughout the Holy Land during World War I. And so she goes back to France, and then after the war is over, she's able to go back. But when she goes back, as she's preparing to go back, she knows that the place is going to have, you know, uh, because God used her to buy the whole mountain. She bought that whole mountain. When you go visit there today, there's the, uh, the monastery, the church on top. But the Lord uh, gave her the money to buy the whole mountain. There's a miracle in that story. But be, uh, before she returns from France back to uh, Israel, the country that God called her to serve in, and back to Kirath Jerem, she says, Lord, you know, I'm going back and, uh, you know, the place is going to be uh, uh, devastated and, uh, the you know, the monastery is going to be empty and we've got to kind of like start from scratch again. And uh, the Lord appeared to her in a vision. And when he appeared to her, he stood before her and uh, she could see his chest. And out of his chest began to flow all of these uh, French gold coins. And the Jesus said, I am the inexhaustible supply and I'll take care of you when you go back. And she went back. And sure enough, uh, miracles began to happen, and God abundantly provided for her. And God will abundantly provide for all of His people who look to Him as their source of unlimited blessing and provision. Praise God. God is looking for individuals who are overtaken with passion for God and the interest of His kingdom. God empowers you for wealth on the basis of His covenant. Now that's something that I need to stop just for a moment and say a few more things about. First of all, let me repeat it again. God empowers you for wealth on the basis of his covenant. And that covenant of course is revealed in the book of Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse 18. And you shall remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you what power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant. See, my friends, wealth is covenant based that he met, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. 
Now, God's prosperity planned for you. Listen very carefully. Maybe nobody has ever told you this before. God's prosperity planned for you is not based on a promise. It's based on a covenant. And until you play your part, God is not committed. Remember, a covenant involves at least two parties. They have to come together and both abide by the terms and conditions of that covenant, such as you and God. And until your part is played, God's not committed. Mm -mm. Well, Pastor Stephen, that's, that's interesting. What is my responsibility then? What is my part to play in the covenant? I'm so glad you asked because it's in the Bible. The answer is in the Bible. Genesis, Genesis, there it is, chapter 8. Oh, it's still in the Bible. Look at that. Verse 22, while the earth remains, put your foot on the ground and tell me if the planet is still here. Okay, then this verse is still true. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. No, I don't know when you're watching this message. Maybe it's Sunday morning, but then again, people watch it all around the world at different time zones. Maybe it's nighttime. Have you noticed that the moon still comes out at night? Stars still come out? Even if you can't see them because the clouds are still there. And during the day, have you noticed that the sun still comes up? Yes. My friends, long as the earth is here, seed time and harvest. Okay? So that is the terms and conditions of the covenant. Seed time and harvest. You must be a giver. You must be a financial sower of seed. Praise the Lord. We see this. Uh, laid out by the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 15. Now you Philippians know that also in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Wow, can you imagine the privilege of having the opportunity to support the ministry of Paul, the apostle. <laughs> well, Pastor Stephen, I'm not really into that. You must be crazy. <laughs> Can you imagine the honor of being able to be connected with the minister, a man of God like that? And he calls it giving and receiving. What is that? That's sowing and reaping. So he relates money as seed that can be sown and later you reap a harvest. Woo, that's New Testament theology. Mm -mm. Giving and receiving is what launches you into realms of financial wealth. Praise God. Now, it's also important to know that the covenant is superior to every type of, of economic climate that would be taking place in the earth. Genesis chapter 47 and in verse 27, look at this great example. So Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt. Now, there is a famine throughout the Middle East that is intensely severe. So Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, okay, in the time of famine, in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions there and grew and multiplied exceedingly. In the context of there is famine going on everywhere. It actually says that money failed. It says that people are selling their land. When they had sold their land, they sold their animals. You know what they ended up doing? Selling themselves to Pharaoh. And if it were not for Joseph, uh, multitudes would have died of starvation. But God had his man, uh, and through prosperity, there was for God's people, uh, the moving forward, praise God. So in the midst of severe famine, we see here for God's people, growth and multiplication. What does that say? It says that the covenant is superior to every type of economic climate. Now, economic challenges in, in America and around the world, they are not new. There was also famine in the time, by the way, of Abraham and during that famine, did you notice he became very rich? And you can too when you are a covenant practitioner. Mm -mm. Famine also in the time of Isaac. And you know his story. He actually sowed seed and he reaped 100 fold that same year 
during a time of severe famine. So there are economic cycles of boom, bust, uh, of pressure, of great, uh, you know, struggles. Even banks could collapse. But this covenant is superior to every type of economic climate in the earth today. So what should we do? We should engage the laws of sowing and reaping. Anchor your life on these principles. Be a tither. God says in his word that the tithe belongs to him. Did you know that even the Levites were tithers? In other words, when the nation of Israel brought the tithe in, it's not like we could say those in ministry uh, that they, they said, well, that's just for everybody else to do, but not for us. No, God commanded Moses to tell them what to do. And what would happen is that all of Israel would bring the tithe in and the Levites would receive it. But once the Levites received the tithe of the nation, then they would give a tithe. And that tithe, that one tenth had to be the best out of the whole thing. Then they would give that to the priest and the priest would uh, release it and spread it out to the other priest. And there were about, uh, as, as the priesthood grew, there were about 1500 priests. You would have the high priest. You would have other priests that lived in Jerusalem, others that lived in priestly cities because they were not in Jerusalem all the time. They would come in by rotations, but uh, you better believe everybody was tithing. God said, the tithe belongs to me. Now, so we give God the tithe and then we engage in sowing and reaping. We engage in giving, not just giving, giving and receiving. Woo, praise God. My friends, when the world system puts the pressure on, you know what to do. Be a covenant person and walk in exemption from all of the financial calamities that are out there in the earth. You hear about them on the news and things like that, but the covenant is superior to all of that. But let us never forget the covenant has conditions. Now let's honor those conditions. Let's meet them and obey them and uh, show God that we trust him because God again has inexhaustible resources. Woo. And he can get it to you from anywhere. He can bless you. He, he, um, he can never be tapped out. Praise God. Do you know the streets in heaven? They're not paid with, they're not paved with asphalt. <laughs> they are pure gold. Praise the Lord. Oh, this is the God of the inexhaustible supply. Put your trust in him today. Bring your tithe and your offering into the storehouse right now. If you want to mail it in, please send it to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. Now, many of you who watch, you've been on the bench a long time and you're, you are a, you are a viewer. You are, you are a receiver of spiritual truth, but you need to be a covenant practitioner to walk above the financial dilemmas that are reverberating throughout the earth today, where you can actually increase and become wealthy and fund the gospel the way that you desire to do so in your heart. Now, if you're going to bring your tithe and offering in online, please go to our website, stephenbrooks.org, stephenbrooks.org. On the home page, look up top. There's a header and it says give online. You can click that. And then there's a little drop down menu. It says F U N D fund. You click that and you'll see the area for the tithe. And then you'll see various projects we're working on that you can give an offering into. Our focus right now is on the land, paying off the remaining balance on the land. And I appreciate your support to help us to get that paid off. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, as you're honoring God, as you are walking in the covenant, let me pray over your giving. Father, I pray you bless your people. I thank you, Father God, your people. They have a reverential fear of you. They walk in the, your, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And I thank you, Father God, that I believe that as they stay humble, and I believe as they walk in pure character, I believe that you're going to lift them into the realms of financial wealth that uh, the world will not understand. And you will bless them so that they can 
caused the gospel to literally be preached all through the world, through uh, platforms such as this one, those that you would speak to their heart to be connected to. And I thank you, Father, for my online church members and my ministry partners. And I thank you, Father, for uh, lifting them into the realms of the the, the financial stratosphere. And I thank you, Father God, you're going to pour the gold through them, not necessarily gold coins, or, but the, the good stuff, the, the prosperity. Bless them, O oh God. Bless them, O oh God. And I thank you that the flow is engaged now in Jesus' name. And we all say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, for those of you that uh, would still not participate, would not give, not, not only per, maybe perhaps connect to my ministry, but you don't give anywhere. Don't complain when the bottom falls out. When, when the bottom falls out and your trusted source collapses, and then you're like, what am I going to do? Don't complain. Just sit back and enjoy it and say, this is what I wanted. This is what I wanted. This is what I deserve. Praise the Lord. But if you have reverence for God, then you are tied to the inexhaustible source. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, today, I want to talk about supernatural intelligence. Woo! Praise the Lord. Amen. Supernatural intelligence. Glory. Glory to God. There's a lot of things cooking in the spirit realm right now. Let's pray. Father, as we jump into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the scriptures, that they would become our spiritual bread, our spiritual food, our nourishment. Now, thank you, Father. Touch us today. Let your Holy Spirit, let an angel, however you want to do it, come and touch our minds and let the flow of supernatural intelligence be activated. Now, we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Together, we say, Amen. You might be thinking, Pastor Stephen, is that in the Bible? Yes, I want to talk about it today. First of all, let me say that anything supernatural, of course, would be superior to just the basic plain natural. Now, uh, the supernatural is beyond the natural. So the supernatural intelligence that we are referring to here. Or even, let me first of all begin with basic intelligence. Basic intelligence that we are going to talk about uh, is not the same as perhaps what we could identify as intellectual achievement. Or maybe even what sometimes people call a high IQ. Um, that's good, but that's not the direction that we're going to go into today. Praise God. In other words, I'm not just simply talking about being intellectually bright, where you pass exams and you're on the honor roll and you graduate with honors. And I'm not talking about being like a noted lecturer or a teacher, but intelligence is different. It's when you are an originator of thoughts and solutions. So this is different from just what we would call intellect. Again, intelligence is when you are an originator of thoughts and solutions. Praise God. You could be an intellectual from the perspective that maybe you are a very skilled math professor and uh, you solve math problems and you help others to do that as well. But with intelligence, there's a difference. Intelligence, you're able to solve life's problems. If it has math involved, good. You can bring that in. That's maybe your niche. But even if you don't have that, intelligence gives you the ability to solve life's problems. Praise God. Let me give you an example. Some years back, the minister, Dr. Jesse DePlantis, was building his ministry headquarters. My wife and I, we sold into that. We sold $1,000, and that was, you know, quite some time back. It was a joy for us to be able to sow that into his new ministry headquarters. But Dr. DePlantis talked about the time when the engineers came to him and said, we have a problem. You know, we have all the blueprints and everything's pre-designed, but we're, we're running into a problem. And uh, it doesn't appear that this engineering problem can be fixed without spending a lot of money. 
And Jesse said, he said, well, God already told me how much to pay. So there's got, so that we're, we're not spending more money. So there's got to be a solution. And they said, there's not a solution. He said, we're all, he said, tell everybody to stop all the workers to stop meet over here. We're all going to get together to pray. And uh, of course you have a lot of workers that aren't Christians, but when he's paying the bill, he's paying for the whole thing. Yes. Uh, he said, so we're going to pray. Okay. Then we're going to all get together and pray. So they all got together and prayed with the contractor, the engineers, uh, all the workers, everybody, even down to the one that would be pushing a, a wheelbarrow around. Everybody got it in a big circle. And uh, Jesse said, now let's pray. And so they, uh, they prayed and he's praying in tongues. And, you know, I guess those that aren't saved, you know, you just, you got, I guess you kind of go along with it. But anyhow, he prayed just a couple of minutes. They all stopped. And he said, all right. He said, who's got the answer? And, uh, you know, nobody says anything that, that has all of the uh, degrees or the intellect. But a person, uh, it was actually one of the Hispanic workers. Uh, he never went to college or an engineering school. But he said, he said, well, why don't we try doing it this way? And when he made the statement of how it could be done differently, Jesse looked at the engineers and said, will that work? And they said, you know, um, I think that will work. <laughs> and it did. That young man had the solution. Now, what is that? That would be the Spirit of God touching his mind uh, with what we could call supernatural intelligence that provided a solution in the real, the real world environment. Praise God. And it saved hundreds of thousands of dollars and the others couldn't come up with it. Mm -mm. So while intellectuals may pass exams with flying colors, intelligent people solve life's problems. And when the super comes up on it, uh, it's amazing uh, how anything, anything can be solved. Remember, most problems are rooted in the fact that the problem is actually a wisdom problem. Oh, that's good hot tea. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. For example, somebody might say, I have a money problem. And in a sense, it is true. They don't have enough money. But the root of that is a wisdom problem because if you give them the money two weeks later, they're right back in the same hole again. But if the wisdom is applied, you have fixed it now permanently. You see the difference. Praise God. Now, an intelligent man is also going to pass exams and pass tests. But the main gifting here, though, is that he's able to solve life's problems. Thank you, Jesus. Joseph in the Bible was a very intelligent man. No doubt about that. Daniel in the Bible was brilliant. He was very intelligent. Jesus, of course, also operating at the highest levels of intelligence. Now, look at 2 Timothy chapter 1. A very familiar scripture is verse 7. Take a look at this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now there is a soundness that comes from having a strong walk with the Lord. A sound mind can also from the Greek here be pulled out as being translated as a very disciplined mind that is controlled. It is a controlled disciplined mind. It's not allowed to run wild and think on whatever it wants. It is a disciplined mind. That's why it's very sound. Now Daniel chapter one Let's turn over there just for a moment. The anointing of the Holy Spirit, get ready, it's going to touch you today. Daniel chapter 1, and let's go to verse 17. As for these four young men, that would be Daniel and the other three Jewish young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Verse 19, then the king interviewed them, and among them all none was found, like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. 
Now, when it says here, uh, astrologers and musicians, uh, don't think these are a bunch of uh, backwoods uh, guys living uh, in a desert somewhere that are just, you know, rolling dice and throwing out chicken legs and trying to do occultic type stuff. These guys were the top of the line in the area of mathematics. And when you look at, uh, you know, the ancient origins of, uh, uh, you know, algebra and calculus and things like that, a lot of that came out of that uh, area of the world, the Middle East. So these were very smart men, and they had understanding even of the planetary systems. They studied the stars. They tracked that. They were able to measure, uh, you know, distances and things along that line within the uh, realms of space. But even still, the king found these four ten times better, ten times better than all of the other men in his court who we could say were the best of that Era, the, the university graduates, the cream of the crop, yet these ten, excuse me, these four are ten times better. Wow, praise the Lord. Well, what would that mean for those four? Well, uh, it would mean, that, first of all, extreme job security. <laughs> because if somebody's going to get laid off, you know it's not going to be those four. If there's some cutbacks or something like that, you know those four are not going to go. Now, we also know that the devil brought strategic attacks against Daniel, and then also against the three. But because they did not bow, remember they had character. Don't think that you can make it to the top and compromise character. If you get to the top and you compromise, they own you when you get there. You must never, ever be for sale. You must have boundaries that you know you'll never cross them even before those temptations to cross them ever come. Because there are some Christians, they walk around and maybe they haven't done some things that are wrong, but you know, if they were put in those positions, you know, they, they're just going to kind of uh, evaluate it when they get there. And that's when they get in trouble. You must already have boundaries predetermined that you will never ever violate or cross and you must have them established now you can't have wet cement you must be concrete that's hard and dry right now praise God or else the enemy will present something to you that you would uh, yield on praise God but those four they were rock solid in their convictions praise the Lord thank you Jesus ten times better ten times better I believe that the Holy Spirit can touch your mind and you could be a salesperson and your sales can literally be 10 times higher than everybody else's. Why? There's something about your intelligence, not just that you are uh, familiar with your product, which you should know it extremely well, but you also have that skill of relating to people. And you could tell this person that I'm pitching this sale to that I'm trying to sell this to, Maybe they had a bad morning. Maybe he had an argument with his wife and you begin to also not, you're not just a salesman. You are a, uh, you are a person that's walking in the full package of redemption and you're able to, uh, bring that word that pours oil in. Now, of course you do things like that. They're going to want to know about your product. Praise God. But you can be 10 times better. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, Look at Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 4. Praise the Lord. 1 Kings 4 verse 29. And God gave Solomon. Who gave it to him? God did. God gave Solomon. He can, he can give it to you too. God gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand on the seashore. Now you probably don't need the level of degree that he had, because he's probably going to go down in history and remain the only trillionaire. Okay. But uh, you, so you probably don't need that much, but he can still give you what you need to fulfill your life's calling. The Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the men of the East and all the wisdom of Egypt. So whether it's Egypt, whether it's the Middle East, whether it's the ancient wisdom coming out of China, he excelled all of it. Praise the Lord. For he was wiser than all men, than Ethan the Ezraite, 
and Heman, Chalcol, and Darda, the sons of Mahal, and his fame was in all the surrounding nations. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. He also spoke of trees, from the cedar of Lebanon, even to the hyssop that springs out of the wall. He spoke also of animals, of birds, of creeping things, and of fish. And men of all nations, from all the kings of the earth, who had heard of his wisdom, came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. He was like the unlimited encyclopedia before there ever was an encyclopedia. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. He would be like Google today, a search engine. You could ask him anything. He could pull the answer up for you. Where did that come from? It came from God. God gave it to him as a gift. Praise God. And God can give you wisdom to excel in your area. Praise the Lord. Now, supernatural intelligence is an expression of divine wisdom. Let me say it again. Supernatural intelligence is an expression of divine wisdom. You know, I was in the home of a friend uh, just a few years ago, very wealthy man. At that time, he was 92 years old. And uh, so he's, he's moving on up there in his 90s. But, uh, you know, like my wife and I, we said to each other, he doesn't look a day over 70. Very uh, uh, active, still serving God. Had a beautiful home uh, overlooking the Pacific Ocean there in Newport Beach, California. Oh, I don't, I don't know how much his home cost. Probably somewhere between twenty and thirty million dollars. Absolutely beautiful. But if you're curious, he was one of the key men that God used to fund the ministry of Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International. And that's back in the days when Demas Shakarian, the founder, was still alive, and it was like the, the thing or the place to be. If you are a businessman, <laughs> you wanted to get connected to that because it was explosive what God was doing. Many of the greatest speakers in the body of Christ would speak, whether it was Kenneth Hagin, sometimes there was even William Branham before he passed away. But, you know, um, many of the great speakers would uh, speak in that organization. But it was this dear brother that God was using just to pour tremendous amounts of money into it so that Brother Demas could uh, fulfill the vision that God gave him of establishing chapters all over the world. But, you know, I was at this man's house and um, uh, he said, Pastor Stephen, um, come down to my uh, uh, garage. I want to show you my garage. So we got in an elevator in his house and went down to the bottom, uh, like a basement floor, although there was a, a driveway that would drive out to his open area. And he said, let me show you my cars, because he had a very special car. So um, he, had a, he had a Mercedes Maybach, you know, which is like the stretched limo version of the Mercedes. He had a Rolls-Royce Seraph. He had a, a Bentley, very nice Bentley. But he had another car that was very, very special. And uh, even had a, has a little book about this car, very rare book here. And he, he saw this car for sale, and he asked the Lord a question. He said, Lord, he said, I, I've supported your work, at, which I'm honored to do and thrilled to be able to do. But he said, Lord, I do have an interest that I happen to see this car for sale, and it, it would cost some money to buy it. It would cost a lot of money to fix it up, but he said, that would really make me happy if I could buy that car, and would you give me permission to buy it and even to fix it up, remodel it and everything? He said, Lord, I won't do it unless you give me permission to do it. And so he prayed, and while he was in prayer, God spoke to him and said, your answer is in the Song of Solomon, chapter 3, verse 9. And the Lord told him to what, what version to read it in. And uh, so I want to read that to you because that is the story of how he uh, to, uh, built this, uh, or rebuilt this old car and even took it and it was uh, awarded at the Pebble Beach uh, car show, which is the most prestigious car show in the world. But would you believe God gave him a scripture and God told him to turn the Song of Solomon, chapter 3, verse 9. Maybe some of you that are, are maybe, you know, they call you gearheads, you like cars. Maybe you need to turn here also and look at this. Song of Solomon 3, verse 9. Of the wood of Lebanon, Solomon the king made himself a palanquin. 
And so this dear brother Paul, when he saw the word palanquin, he was like, well, what is that? And that, you know, like that's what I would think when you read that. You're like, well, what does that mean? So he looked it up just like I did. And when you look it up in Strong's Concordance, the very first thing it pulls up, it says that this, and you can pull it up right now, even today, the Strong's Concordance will give you every meaning of every Hebrew word and every Greek word in the Bible. And so when you pull it up in the Hebrew, the first thing it says it means is it's a sedan. <laughs> well, Pastor Stephen, a sedan, that's like what we call large cars. Yeah. Yeah. Solomon built, maybe you could call it the world's first sedan. Now, yes, it was this luxury wooden design thing that was picked up and carried by a bunch of strong guys, but it's, it's, it's the ancient world's version of a sedan of a very nice luxury ride. And God said, you can do it. And he did it with God's blessing and restored it, rebuilt it, chronicled it in a book. And, uh, it, and it was rewarded, uh, awarded, excuse me, a very high honor at a prestigious car show. Praise the Lord. Amen. What is that? Supernatural intelligence. Now that is an expression of divine wisdom that is linked to rubbing minds with God through his word. Woo, that's just too good. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. I don't know if some of you caught what I just said, but I've got some other scriptures. Go quickly. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. And let's go to verse 2. And when the Sabbath had come, he, this is Jesus, began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this? which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands. So they were stunned by the wisdom that Jesus was operating in. Who gave the wisdom to Jesus? We know th that it was God who did. I've got a question for you this morning. Has God changed? No, 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 he hasn't. Therefore he can still release supernatural wisdom to you touching your mind, carrying you into realms of supernatural intelligence. Woo! Glory to God. You're going to be the ultimate problem solver. <laughs> Woo! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. By the way, how, uh, when you solve problems, how does, uh, what is the common way of honoring somebody who solves problems? It's those green things that have numbers on them. We call it money. When you solve a problem of pain, when you solve a problem of blockage, when you solve a problem of human limitation, and then others are recipients and they're blessed of that, uh, what are they, how do they compensate you? They give you money. They buy your product that solves their problem that you created with supernatural intelligence, and they honor you with those green things, a whole bunch of them. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. That's why. That's why you want to be able to solve life's problems. Now, look at this in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 34. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And let's go to verse 9. Now, Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. Now, read that slowly. If, if it had said that Joshua was full of wisdom, that would be very, very profound. But that's actually not what it says, which actually gives a lot of hope to you and me. Now, Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. See, God can touch you right where you're at with the spirit of of wisdom. And that spirit of wisdom can touch your mind so that your intelligence goes to the level of supernatural intelligence by being filled with the spirit of wisdom, not just wisdom. You are filled with the spirit of wisdom. That is a dimension of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. It is a spirit of wisdom. Thank you, Jesus, coming all over your mind in the way that you think. Praise the Lord. Mm. This is why supernatural intelligence often 
is not found in what I would call secular environments. The highest form of wisdom does not come through the halls of education, but through impartation of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. That's very interesting, isn't it? Supernatural intelligence usually is not found in secular environments. But the highest form of wisdom, it doesn't come through the halls of education, but through impartation of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Much of what the world celebrates as being wise or wisdom is actually demonic in nature, which is why eventually the whole thing is going to collapse. And the collapse will be so bad, uh, there will come, it will give opportunity for a man possessed by Satan to arise on the scene, who will become known as the Antichrist, called the Beast also, who will have a sidekick called the False Prophet. And this man will come on the scene and deceive many that are in the world. Now, I do believe that because the church, that's us, is not appointed under wrath, I believe that we will experience that catching up as Paul talked about to meet the Lord in the air. We will be at the wedding supper of the lamb, but how wise can you be when you take a mark of six, six, six? No, you have no wisdom. That is all demonic wisdom. And that wisdom also will eventually collapse. And the antichrist and the, the false prophet will be thrown into the lake of fire. And everybody that takes that mark, whether it's on their hand or on their forehead, you have yielded your will now to the antichrist satanic system. And you will join the antichrist in the lake of fire for all eternity. And about a thousand years after that, Satan finally himself and hell, the entity of hell itself will also be thrown into the lake of fire. And finally we're done with the filth forever. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So the supernatural intelligence of God is available for you to walk in God's wisdom is higher than any form of earthly wisdom. Way higher. Thank you, Jesus. Now, again, Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. My goodness. Did you know that through the laying on of, on of hands, that the spirit of God can be transferred? Now, when I grew up in church, there were very few rare times when those that were being set into the office of elder had hands laid on them, but it was basically done as something that was only ceremonial. It was almost like empty hands, putting empty hands on empty heads, but they did it as kind of like a, almost like a parade, kind of like a, you know, this doesn't really mean anything. It's all symbolic, but we're going to do it. But the reality is, is that impartation through the laying on of hands, you better believe something can be transferred. It is, it is B I B L E Bible. It is 100% active today. And when hands are laid on and see, there's even a ministry. Not everybody has that. Not all ministers have that. That's okay. But there is such a thing as a ministry of the laying on of hands. And that's how the Lord works through me. I, in most cases need to get my hands on the people. Uh, I get emails all the time. Pastor Stephen, pray for me. Pastor Stephen, pray for me. And I could email back and say, okay, I'll pray for you. And you know, and I'm not saying God can't work that way because God works through prayer, but I'm just saying that the results are way higher for me when I can lay my hands on people. Why? God gave me a ministry of the laying on of hands. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So here we see that the reason that Joshua had that incredible uh, intelligence that was supernatural and that being that ability of just being filled with the spirit was because Moses who also had it laid his hands on Joshua and released it also to Joshua. That's also why Paul in the Bible said, lay hands on no man. Suddenly take your time on that. Praise the Lord. 
Mm -mm. And that's a different teaching. There's a lot of depth in that teaching. Praise God. But we have to keep moving. Praise the Lord. Let me say this. There's no way. I mean, I'm talking there's no way. You can have the spirit of wisdom with supernatural intelligence on you and you somehow remain a normal average person. There's just no way. There's no way. It, it just, it does such an alteration in your mind, the way you think, the way you act, the way you behave, the way you see yourself in Christ. There's no way you stay normal after that. Praise the Lord. Now you want to stay humble and you want to stay sweet and you want to give all the glory to the Lord, but you're not going to be a normal person. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, what triggers supernatural intelligence? Let's go to an amazing verse. Job chapter 32. You need to see this one. And this one's pretty, pretty wild. And I'm going to read it from a couple of different translations, including the Amplified. The Amplified Bible. Job chapter 32, verse 8. But there is a spirit in man. And the breath, ooh, the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. Ooh, let me get a drink of hot tea as we're going to go a little bit deeper on this one. There is a spirit in man. Now, it's the breath of the Almighty that influences the spirit. Now, you are a spirit. When you look at yourself, you see your physical body. But you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in your body. Your body is the house that you live in. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let me read this to you from the Amplified Bible. Listen very carefully. But there is a spirit of intelligence in man. I told you this is in the Bible. But there is a spirit of intelligence in man. And the breath of the Almighty gives them understanding. So it's the breath touching your intelligent spirit that causes this activation. And the, the stronger that breath, the, the more intelligence, the more wisdom is displayed. Mm -mm -mm. The New Living Translation. But there is a spirit within people, the breath of the Almighty within them that makes them intelligent. Mm. So it's that breath. What is that breath? That's the Holy Spirit breathing. That's the Holy Spirit coming upon a person's mind, affecting the way that they think. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. It's God breathing on your intelligence. Think of it like that. It's God breathing upon your mind in the way that you think. Thank you, Jesus. What is inspiration because it's that it's that breath that gives that inspiration within your spirit inspiration is the process of being mentally stimulated well then what would be how could we say god inspiration well that would be the movement of the holy spirit in the mental faculties of your mind Oh, praise God. It is the receiving of gradual insights into the depths of God. Let's say you have a problem. You can't solve it. You can't fix it. And you don't know uh, how to get this solved. What if you were sitting at home one day, you got up in the morning to start your day, and Jesus just appears. And he says, hey, let's you and me switch places. He said, um, what if Jesus said, look, I would like going to step into you and your spirit. Why don't your spirit just sit on the couch all day? Let me step into your body, wear your leather shoes, dress with your shirt and let me walk in you today and go and let me when, So when you go to work, I'm going to go to work in you. Let me solve all your problems today. Do you think that Jesus could fix your problem? If, if you are at work and you have a problem, you think, I, I, I've got a real situation. What if Jesus took your place for that? He showed up and he uh, came on the scene. Do you think he could overcome it? Absolutely. Praise the Lord. So this inspiration of the Holy Spirit breathing on your spirit of intelligence gives gradual insights into the depths of God 
so that you begin to think and act like God does. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, look at this. Uh, Job 32, verse 9, the very next verse. Great men are not always wise, nor do the aged always understand justice. See, inspiration has nothing to do with age. It has everything to do with the breath of the Almighty. Can you be 85 and, and in a sense like ignorant and still not get it? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm, praise God. But you're going to see supernatural intelligence arise in you. The Holy Spirit's touching many right now. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Look at this in the, the beginning. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis 1. And this is verse 2. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over now it says the face of the waters. What if we say that the spirit of God was hovering over your intelligence, hovering over your mind, ready to take what could be in some ways still like the earth was at that time, formless and void and take it and turn it into the garden of Eden. What if the Holy spirit hovering over your mind takes off all of the grayscale and allows you to start thinking instead of in like old standard TV definition, which was technically 480p, and now you start thinking in 4K. Well, Pastor Stephen, that would really be a step up, I would say so. You know, um, I prayed for a Muslim woman one time, and she got saved, and she fell out on the floor and started speaking in other tongues and uh, they helped her up and she went home the next day she comes back and she gave an amazing testimony. Now I didn't know that this was normal in the Islamic world when this happens, but the next morning this she, she testified, this is what happened the next morning when she woke up and walked outside, the sun was out the sky was blue. There was just a few clouds. And for the first time in her adult life as a full grown woman, she saw color. And she said this, she said, I never knew the sky was blue. Everything previously was in grayscale. Everything. Now I've talked to a friend of mine. He's Persian born and raised in Iran. And I told him that testimony. He said, he said, Pastor Stephen, that's common that when a Muslim comes to Christ and receives the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the grayscale comes off. They not only get born again and get filled and then get filled with the Spirit, then they come into the technicolor. The, they come into the fullness of what God has for them. Praise God. Now, some of you, you need to get out of the 720p low resolution, and you need to come over here and let the Holy Spirit, who's been hovering, touch your mind, even affecting your spirit your intelligent spirit, so that you can begin to think like God. Mm -mm. There's always a way out. There is always a way out. The primary way that you come out is by doing the right thing. Woo! It'll always be a word thing. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I'm not done yet. I've got just a little bit more. Hang out with me just a little bit longer. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Stephen, I want to generate some inspiration. I, I want to generate some supernatural intelligence. Like Daniel? Perfect example. Daniel chapter 9. Let's go there. Mm -mm. Daniel chapter 9, verse 2. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood how? By the books. Understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. 
So Daniel hit the books, hit the commentaries, and understood how much longer uh, there was of captivity before that would end and God would begin to move among his people. Praise the Lord. My friends, let me say that non-readers, non-readers suffer from something that could be called mental dormancy, where their mind in many ways begins to go to sleep and is not awake in the areas that it needs to be. Not only should you read books, of course, like Daniel did, where he's basically reading Bible commentaries, that's what we would call it, or commentaries on the book of Jeremiah, but we should read our Bibles. Let me say this. Every time you read your Bible, you rub your mind with the mind of God. Did you ever think about that? Every time you read your Bible, and I read mine this morning for about two hours. Every time you read your Bible, you rub your mind with the mind of God. Woo! Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Great readers become great leaders. It's been proven throughout church history. Great readers become great leaders. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, this is amazing. You've got to see this one. Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 14. When you come to the land which the Lord your God is giving you, and possess it, and dwell in it, and say, I will set a king over me, like all the nations that are around me, you shall surely set a king over you, whom the Lord your God chooses. Now, look at verse 17, excuse me, verse 18. Also it shall be when he sits on the throne of his kingdom. Now, I know that in Christ we are kings and priests unto the Lord our God. So very carefully listen to this, verse 18. Also it shall be when he, the king, sits on the throne of his kingdom, that he shall write for himself a copy of this law in a book from the one before the priest, the Levites. And it shall be with him, and he shall read it, not put it on the coffee table as some kind of a big display, and you, you never open it up. No, he shall read it all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord. Did you know that when you read the Bible, you learn, you learn to fear the Lord? Mm-mm. That he may learn to fear the Lord his God and be careful to observe all the words of this law and these statutes. That his heart may not be lifted above his brethren, so it keeps you humble when you read the Bible. That he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, so it keeps you obedient when you constantly read the Bible. And that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel, so it offers you full life extension to the full term of your life when you read your Bible on a daily, regular basis. Praise God. And the king was commanded not only to have his own copy of the law, he was commanded to write the whole thing out with his own hand and have his own personal copy with it. Praise God. Praise God. Woo! Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Great readers become great leaders. Thank you, Jesus. Now, who you reason with determines how you think. So if you reason with God, you're going to, you're going to end up thinking just like God does. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, there's more. There's more I could say, but I think the gist of it, the seed in its full form has been planted into your spirit for supernatural intelligence to be full of the spirit of wisdom. My friends, wash your mind with the word of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I, I believe that every U.S. president should have written out with their own hand a copy of the Bill of Rights. Woo, praise God. And even preferably carry it around with them all the time. It would be good as if we as American citizens did that so that this totalitarian takeover attempt would not have another inch gained forward, but it would even back down. Praise God. 
Hallelujah, so that we can preserve the freedoms that we have and that the, that the church can function without the uh, uh, other wars that it would have to fight and be engaged in. I'm talking about, you know, whether it's legal wars or things like that. And we could just do our job of preaching the gospel because we have, would have a righteous government. Praise the Lord. If you have government officials such as the king and they never read the Bible, and uh, much less the Constitution or something like that, then that's why all of this mayhem can begin to happen. And then everybody, like in the book of Judges, begins to do what is right in their own eyes. And if you have no morals, you have no values, you, not, you have no moral code, then you can, you, can, you can go to some pretty low places. Amen. But um, we are the salt and the light in the earth. Praise God. And God is preserving us. God is protecting us. This, my friends, is the church's finest hour. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1, when there is gross darkness in the earth, that's when the glory of the Lord will be seen upon the church. And it is time for the church to step into its fullness of representing Christ and also of tremendous wealth pouring in and having solid character and using it for its primary purpose of preaching the gospel. Woo, praise the Lord. Amen. It's time for the great miracles and signs and wonders. It is flowing now. Please lift your hands to receive the oil of supernatural intelligence, the oil of the spirit of wisdom. Lift your hands. Father, you see those with hands raised right now all around the world. Father, let the oil begin to flow now upon their minds, touching them, affecting the way they think, so that everything they do is word-based. Everything they do, they think like a king, and they are, they are governed by your word. And I thank you, Father, when they build their lives upon the rock, they'll never be shaken. They'll never uh, crumble. Everything else can be swept away with the storm. They'll be left sitting on their throne comfortably. Thank you, Father, going through anything. Father, bless them. Let the oil of wisdom come all over their mind right now in the name of Jesus receive receive supernatural intelligence 10 times greater in the name of Jesus praise the Lord amen some of you feel like you're on fire some of you are smelling the supernatural fragrance of cinnamon that is a cleansing a purifying that God is doing praise the Lord amen Praise God. Now, if you're watching today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, receive Him into your heart right now. He will save you. He'll fix your sin problem. He'll give you His spiritual life. And when your life on earth ends, you can come home to heaven. Amen. Praise God. Now, if you used to be a Christian, but you fell away, you got deceived and you fell away, come back right now. Jesus will restore you. He shed his blood to redeem you and wash your sins, wash you clean. Let us all pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Step into my heart. Come into my life. Wash all of my sin away. Write my name in your book of life. Jesus, you can't lie. You are the Savior. Jesus, save me now. In your name I pray. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And Jesus has heard that prayer from your heart and he has saved you and you're ready for heaven. Praise God. Now live for him. Walk with him. This is a journey of faith. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let us celebrate the Lord Jesus, his mighty resurrection and ascension by taking Holy Communion together. I want to encourage you now, grab some bread, unleavened bread, preferably, grab some grape juice, and let's pray. If you are a Christian, you can join us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We pray and bless it now, and we thank you that through this prayer, this is now set apart as being holy. This is now the body and the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the Lord's body as we receive his flesh we thank you that we think like you do. We thank you, O oh God, that your thoughts are higher, but that doesn't mean that we can't thank them. 
Natural man can't because natural man is natural. We must be spiritually minded. Thank you, Father God, that your word washes our mind. And I thank you, Father God, that we have the mind of Christ. And we now receive the Lord's precious body. In his name we pray. Amen. And amen. Let's partake together. There are a few people watching. You've had damage to your head. You've had, you, have, you have actually had physical trauma. You were either hit or maybe you had a fall. Maybe your head was slammed up against something. Um, but there has been violence. Even it's affected your physical mind, your brain. Jesus is healing you right now. We're about to receive his blood as we do, picture the crown of thorns on his head, pushed those three to four inch thorns pushed into his head for your redemption and for the healing of your brain and of your mind. Take the blood of Jesus now. Lord Jesus, you are our healer. Lord, heal those damaged brains. Heal those damaged minds. Some of you have been wounded by words that were hurled at your mind and it devastated you. You heard something maybe in secret said about you, maybe something said about you openly and you were not prepared for that type of uh, persecution and it caught you off guard and it really wounded you. Jesus is healing you now by the thorns in his head. Receive your healing now. Drink now. Receive the blood of Jesus. Receive your healing. Let's drink together. Woo, praise the Lord. Say, I am healed by the blood of Jesus shed for me at Calvary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I see you restored with a sound mind, sharp, sharp, sharp. You'll never listen to me. I prophesy to you. You'll never lose your memory. You will never, ever lose your memory. Alzheimer's will never touch your mind. Praise God. Hallelujah. I plead the blood of Jesus over your brain, over your mind. You have a brilliant mind. You have a brilliant memory. Praise God. Amen. You are on a different level. Praise the Lord. Now lift your hands and give God all of the glory because this is all because of our good Jesus that we serve in love. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Freedom, 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 and liberty is in the house, is in your life today. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Well, my friends, I will say goodbye at this point. Thank you for your prayers and your support of this ministry. I do want you to remember that we are still endeavoring to pay off the remaining balance on that land. Any special offering that you give towards that land, just make note of that, okay? And we will put it on paying that balance down until we hit zero. Woo! Glory to God. And I believe we're going to get it. Amen. Thank you for sowing towards that. Thank you for standing with us as each week we are preaching the gospel to a satellite footprint potential of over 3 billion people. Thank you for helping us preach the gospel around the world. Walk in your freedom. I'll see you back real soon. Bye-bye.